I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Everything PC podcast, episode six of uh, season one. And uh, I'm, of course, joined again by my collaborator in this venture, and that's Gerard Pretorius. Hi, Gerard. How's it going, man? Ah, going well. Going well. Good stuff. So I've been looking forward to this episode for a while, actually, because um, <laughs> I've I've been uh, spending quite a bit of money over the last year on, uh, on Apple equipment. Um, I uh, I've been taken in by the Apple Silicon Story and the M1 processor, and um, we've actually got uh, three Macs in the office here now, uh, and we use them as our daily drivers. Um, Oh. Not for gaming, it must be said. Uh, this is for office work, and um, and they work really, really well. Uh, we we use them mainly for, uh, as you'd imagine, in a tech publication, online publication. We use them for uh, web word processing, things like Evernote, which uh, only recently, funny enough, became available for Apple Silicon, uh, and um, and of course uh, the Adobe Creative Cloud, um, yeah. Photoshop. Um, Premiere Pro, After Effects, etc., where the silicon really shines um, when you're doing uh, exports um, and you're rendering video in Premiere Pro, for example, um, the performance is actually staggering. Uh, given that we're actually doing it on uh, um, Mac Minis, which are these very basic entry-level machines that you can pick up for about, I think they started about 14,000 Rand. Um, yeah. And even their base models run the Adobe Suite uh, very, very well indeed. So it's impressive stuff. Um, it, it it feels to me like uh, Apple's onto something very significant here. Um, but of course, yeah. there are two sides to the, every story, and we're going to unpack that in, in today's episode. Yes. Of course, it goes without saying, if you've missed any of the previous episodes, do go check them out. Um, we've uh, we've uh, covered a lot of ground already. Probably have about eight uh, eight hours of uh, programming uh, in the bag, so to speak, and um, we've we've covered uh, Intel and AMD, and uh, in our last episode, episode five, we had a look at Nvidia. Um, so this is going to be the final episode of season one, um, but we do plan uh, to come back for a season two a little bit later this winter uh, to tackle other issues. But uh, certainly in this season, we've been tackling everything to do with sem- semiconductors and, and silicon and everything that's happening in that space. And it's fascinating at the moment. And uh, if you missed our discussion last week, the next five years are going to be amazing, oh, literally yeah. amazing. Um, if, you've, um, if you've gotten a little bit bored about the board with the PC industry and th- have thought actually quite correctly that it perhaps hasn't been advancing as, as, as fast as it used to. It hasn't been, but that's all about to change. So go listen to those previous episodes and uh, you'll, you'll find out all about that. But Apple, very interesting, very interesting company. Um, they've always been a bit outside the mainstream, um, although uh, they are the biggest company in the world today by market cap. Yes. That's largely due to the iPhone, uh, much more so than their uh, prowess in the PC market. Um, but uh, they've, um, for years, they've been using Intel processors, and uh, you know um, they've had the the diehard faithful who've continued to use them. Um, but they haven't distinguished themselves particularly that much from the PC space, with the ex- obvious exception that they're running a different operating system to the rest of the world: yes. uh, Mac OS versus either Windows or Linux. Um, I had, a, I had a look back. It's, there's so much history under the bridge here in terms of um, all the things that Apple has uh, has done over the years that it's, and how many computers they've manufactured over the years that um, it's almost impossible to go back and look at it all. But uh, they had three, they've had, looking back at the Macintosh, which has, of course, been their main computer line since the mid-1980s, they've had three main um, chip suppliers in that time. Uh, they, of course, started with Motorola with mm-hmm. the 68000 series, uh, back in 
way back when, uh, 1980 Futsack. Yeah, um, 18s, there we go, early 80s. Back when, back when there were still dinosaurs roaming the earth. Um, and they, they then progressed to the PowerPC architecture, which I think was also from Motorola, or it was a joint venture. I forget the details now. PowerPC, um, that's IBM. Was that's it IBM? With Motorola's involvement. Um, yeah. It's so long ago now. I, I, uh, yeah, no, I forget the details, but uh, it didn't work out for them very well. They they got into a lot of trouble. Um, and, and yeah, it's mm. x86 kind of just won the battle eventually. Yeah, exactly. So, and then... And then Steve Jobs came back and uh, and threw out. Oh yeah, PC. that's that's that is that transition period where Apple was in a massive slump, and then they were they were going to go bankrupt. There was the famous yes. Wired magazine cover. I don't know if you remember it, with the Apple logo on the cover and barbed wire around the Apple logo and drops of blood coming out of the logo, and it just said it just had one word at the bottom of the of the cover of of that Wired magazine, and it said "Pray." Uh, uh, okay. Of course, uh, of course, the w- Wide Magazine guys, big fans of Apple, um, as you'd imagine. Um, but back then, it was must have been about ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Apple was in serious trouble. There was a there was a very real chance that they were going to go bankrupt. Yeah, that was the early days when Bill Gates ran Microsoft like a tight ship and <laughs> basically <laughs> beated everyone with a club and said "katong, katong, katong," out, out, out. And then, and uh, ironically, Bill Gates uh, actually saved Mike, uh, saved Apple. Yes, um, you'll remember the famous, uh, the famous first keynote that that uh, that Steve Jobs did on his return, and then Bill Gates appeared on video feed, a video link, on the stage, and everyone in the audience booed when he appeared. I happen to have a special guest with me today uh, via satellite downlink, and uh, if we could uh, get him up on the stage right now. And, and I remember Jobs had to say, guys, uh, we know historically this guy's been the enemy, um, but uh, he's helping us. He's bailing us out, and he's going to develop Microsoft Office for the Mac. Uh, and that they, they desperately needed that money, and, and if that hadn't happened, um, Apple could very well have gone under. And I don't, by the way, think that Bill Gates was being altruistic uh, in, in, in doing this. He was facing anti-competitive, uh, um, antitrust Oh, uh, yes. issues no. at the time, and he was very Microsoft concerned. Was I think the... that if Apple went under, Microsoft was going to f- was facing the very real risk of breakup. Yes, uh, well, it's basically monopoly. Then you're really a monopoly. Mm. You can't really say, mm. "Oh, Linux." I'm like, uh. <laughs> that's like well, how many of the market cap? It's like, uh. so uh, uh, you could see Microsoft probably did it for two reasons. First of all, Office, Office mm. is where the money is. Operating mm. system doesn't make money. The software thing. Well, so, it did for Microsoft back in those days. <laughs> yeah, well, even now, Office 365. Mm. How many yeah. people use Office 365? That's return of investment the whole time. They're mm. making and then government orders with Office. Office is their workhorse. That's why Windows has kind of dropped for the sure. ball a bit on Windows compared to Mac that's actually focused on focused on actual the actual operating system. Whereas Windows mm. went, okay, the operating system actually doesn't make us money. We make money in... Azure and cloud and office. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No. So I presume he bought that and then also kind of like, oh, okay, if these guys go under, then everyone will look at us like a massive fine comb and like, 
Yeah. Oh, then uh, he's already in crap like that, and then he has some kind of goodwill. And it's yeah. also it's a bit of advantage. It would be stupid if Apple failed because then Microsoft wouldn't really need to have a competition. Yes. Yes. The antitrust authorities back then, it was the Bill Clinton administration, and they, they, there was a lot of antitrust going on at the time, and um, and Microsoft ended up in a big antitrust trial yeah, over for, Internet for, for Explorer. Good <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not as if Bill Gates did, did, or did all of that out of his kind heart. He was a kind of a no. prick, but smart oh, prick. He was very... It was ingenious. That's the problem. That's why it was so difficult to get him. <laughs> it's how he did it is so like, like smooth. Yeah. Everything was technically by the book, but it's like, mm. yo, but you're playing it really close to the line there, Gates. And like, ah, <laughs> you can't do anything to me. <laughs> so there were a lot of people he upset. And again, he was a bit arrogant. So. I'd love to ask Bill Gates today if if I if I ran into him in an elevator or something. I'd love to ask him, do you regret bailing out Apple like you did in 1997 or whenever it was? You don't Microsoft, think he regrets it because, Microsoft because is Apple still, today. <laughs> Microsoft is still so rich. Like that's true. Like Microsoft is, in terms of cash, they have more cash than Apple. Yeah, they can literally go and buy Activision in hard cash. Yes. $70 billion. Exactly. <laughs> Apple can't do that as far as I know. They can probably do no, no, Apple can. Apple, 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 Apple has yeah. that balance sheet too. I think that's yes. two or three hundred yeah, billion dollars in cash. Yeah, but it's. I don't think it's in actual hard cash because they also have a lot more. Apple needs to spend more money than Microsoft. Microsoft just does software. Apple needs to do hardware as well. And hardware costs are expensive. So a lot of R&D. Mm. Go ask the Microsoft mm. Xbox team. Making mm. just developing the Xbox that's up. like you're spending close to probably close to a billion. I'm just going to have a look at what a... Apple's cash position is because it is it is uh, it is a phenomenal amount of money. Yeah. Here we go. Apple cash on hand. Uh, well, it has come down actually. Um, quarterly values. Okay, so they've obviously been uh, uh, they've probably been using it for share buyback. Yeah, uh, but it's still a significant amount of no, money. No, no, no. They're uh, still stupid rich, like I'm stupid. Mm. But it's mm-hmm. uh, the problem is you're going up against Microsoft that is old money, and Apple mm-hmm. only. I don't know where would you really say that Microsoft, that Apple really kicked off. Basically, two thousand and seven ish, two thousand and ten actually. Well, it's, it depends on how you measure it because um, I mean they they obviously had that initial period of success under Steve Jobs in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. Uh, then he was ousted. Yeah. Uh, and they brought the, the the Pepsi guy in who took over and 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 ran it into the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then of course there was Gil Emilio after that who who didn't really do a lot either. And then and then the prodigal son returned yes. in uh, around 1997. And then, and then they focused initially on on Mac. Uh, so he brought out that uh, that uh, bubble shaped iMac, which was hugely popular. The ones in the different colors. Yes. Um, it looked like a bit like a, a VW Beetle in some respects. Yeah, that's a creative phase. They went mm. specifically to creators because that's when yes. I think Final Cut uh, Final Cut Pro came out then as well. That's what you oh, call the software. Okay. I think Final Cut pushed, Pro, yeah, yeah, the video editing software. Yes, Apple's own video editing software. Mm. I think that's when they pushed that the whole more arty okay. type of thing and creators and yeah. video editors and so forth, which is ingenious because Apple uh, Apple took that market and ran with it, and Microsoft. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the Microsoft was the boring uh, office company that developed Excel. Exactly. Um, so that's why, again, genius to him. It's like you see a market where App, yeah. Microsoft is not focusing at, and then you just go, boom. 
focused all your yeah. attention and money on that one section, and it worked. But I think I think the big turn came when when uh, when he announced the iPod, uh, the music player. Yes, um, that's I probably when it started because that's when iTunes that, started. That's the money basket. Yeah. Mm. iTunes is when they hit the software thing. The iPhone iTunes. was actually a the iPhone was like an iteration. It was a big iteration, but it was yeah. an iteration of the iPod. Well, that and then also collective other people's idea. Jobs was very good mm-hmm. at looking at other ideas and saying, mm. I see where you're going, but you should use it like this. Mm. So again, a lot of yes. people go, oh, he's a thief. He's stealing other people's ideas. Yes, he's just implementing it better than they did. Yeah, Which well, is, that's how they started. I'll the, give them credit to, to the Xerox, The Xerox yeah. u- graphical user interface. With the mouse <laughs> and it. so forth. Exactly. exactly. So he saw mm. the potential in things that, and how it could be used in a different act, in a better way that they didn't mm. think of. Which is then and it was like, brilliant. And it's like, it hey, was brilliant. That's mm. kudos to him again. A lot of people have their own I mean, problems with a person, but as yeah. as well, he wasn't, he wasn't a nice guy. No, no, he was. I remember when the first uh, iPhone came out. It, it, I, at the time, I was using, I think, a Nokia E seventy two. It was this uh, device with a, which was half keyboard. It was kind of a BlackBerry ripoff, I think, a Nokia trying to compete with BlackBerry. And that's really where the focus was. It was in creating these. These, I think it was running Symbian, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Windows was in the market with uh, Compaq, and they had the yeah, iPad. Yeah, all the device. Like PDAs and so forth, and PDAs. all the small PCs yeah, HP and so forth. One. HP, mm. Dell, there was ah, mm. so many Japanese companies. Jeez, you can't even name them. There were so many Japanese companies that made them. And, and I think yeah. it was the actual, I think, it, I think in South Africa they were named Leaf. They were one of the first, like, touch yes. phone people. Things that you could the buy. mate, the mate. Yeah, uh, I think it was the leaf that. was the dis- leaf was the distributor. distributor. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm like. Leaf okay. wireless. Yes, I think that was the first like mm. terrible operating system. Thing would die and crash like every yes. freaking now and then. Like you just Windows. did something wrong and blue screen. Oh, well, what was it called? Blue screen. It just died because that's the early days of ARM and software. And then Windows Apple came C- out yeah. and with the iPhone and hey, this thing actually works for like. 40 minutes straight without crashing. Oh, <laughs> it's reliable. <laughs> so I remember the first iPhone. It was, uh, in fact, no, we, we didn't get the first iPhone in South Africa. They never brought it in. Uh, I think the first yes. one we got in South Africa was the iPhone 3G. Yes. Uh, which was the second one. And um, I, I had one of those for a while. Um, and, and I remember the thing. It was, it was, it was, the battery wouldn't last six hours. Uh, <laughs> it was as slow as hell, but it was still amazing. Yes, because well, it was this it, touchscreen device with these beautiful icons, and yeah, it, you it could depends. see where this was going. It depends because some people get spoiled with what we now know as speed and what we knew then of speed. Because <laughs> back then we still very used to hard drives, yes. so everything was a bit slower. Now again, the operating systems were smaller and more agile and so forth versus now. But mm-hmm. a lot of people get spoiled with what they have now. So it's difficult mm. for people to sometimes remember how bad it actually was. It was terrible. <laughs> because it's like, and that's how it was. It's like, you had to wait for Windows to boot up your Windows XP. That took a couple of times for your little hard drive to spin and get it up and running mm. and so forth. Mm. So. <laughs> the bad old days. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, you have to have bad days to have a good day, so. <laughs> yeah, know where you come from. <laughs> yeah, I remember sitting there waiting a minute for Windows XP to boot. And then you type in your password and wait another 30 seconds. Yes, for all the icons <laughs> to come up and then the logo comes up mm. and then that iconic yeah. XP and logo and XP freaking yes. background. 
And then you had to dial up to the internet, which took another two minutes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. That's... Yeah, that was only that, 20 years ago. Yes, no, luckily that accelerated very quickly. Yes, that was only 20 years ago. It feels like it should have been back That's in right, the That's why I It's like how quickly we got used to instant on. Where you smash mm. your laugh, you've got a laptop, you open the screen, and there we go, you're on, you put your password, and you're in. It's yes. not, that's not how it normally was. And people yeah. forget that they, and even now from us being in a store, People coming mm-hmm. in with their phones and so forth. It's like, oh, why is my phone fast? I'm like, well, how much do you spend on your phone? How much is your contract? Oh, like 300 bucks a month. Okay. How much is the laptop? Uh, six grand. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> of course the phone is faster because it's 300 bucks over 24 months. You've paid a lot more on your phone than on a PC. I would hope that phone is fasting. <laughs> yes. yes. But it actually astonishes me how people always go, go cheap when they buy PCs, but when they buy a, they buy a smartphone, oh, I've got to have the latest Apple. I've got to have the of latest course. top end. Good Galaxy. marketing. It's all about yeah. marketing there. Apple but, has uh, good oh, marketing. Okay. PC, Samsung. six grand. Too expensive. I'm, I, can, yeah. you, can I get this PC for four grand? <laughs> oh, yes. No. And then, no. They get some, then they get some slow piece of crap. Oh, yeah. Crap. Oh, Celeron. Mm. Uh, one Celeron. day. <laughs> Hope you die a quick death. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully. So speaking of uh, Intel, of course, Apple then uh, um, kind of was forced, in a way, to adopt Intel. And it was yes. one of the big decisions that uh, that, um, well, that I don't uh, know. Steve Jobs took. I, I normally pay the tax. What other choice did they have? They couldn't go to AMD, really, because AMD didn't have enough manufacturing capability. TSMC, uh, I don't even know if they actually were really around back then. So there wasn't yeah, really anyone else. It's like IBM mm. or Intel. And Intel kind of mm. like just took a lead pipe to IBM and say, doof, we will kill your service now. <laughs> so I think that's like they had there was no choice. They yeah. it was Intel or no one else because Intel was the only company that can make manufacture the amount of chips that Apple required. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think um everyone expected uh, Apple just to stay with Intel, but the murmuring started a few years ago that they were looking at their own chip designs and uh, they actually bought some technology from Intel if I recall correctly. Um and they um and then they uh, they came up with the M1 chip, uh, which was debuted about two years ago now, uh, and uh, very cleverly marketed. Um, it certainly got the Apple community very, very excited oh, yes. and energized. Um, it, it got me, I haven't used a Mac in many, many years, uh, back onto the platform and using it and enjoying it, uh, and impressed, really impressed with, with uh, the performance. Um, yes. So the question is, is Apple onto something significant here that is going to markedly change the computer landscape? Are they going to become a much more significant player in the PC arena than they have been historically? Well, Apple has the... So there's... I would say there's probably two stages of Apple. There's Apple that has Apple fan people that just buy Apple. No matter what they do, they will always buy Apple. So Apple, yes. that, and especially in America, there's a lot of people that just always buy Apple. They will never, yeah. ever buy anything else. Of then course. they can break into that normal where they kind of lost the creators a bit because the creators kind of moved away from Apple because it's, even on Intel systems, mm. Apple wasn't really that great. Final Cut Pro was still very good because you could see there was some, they had some working with Intel, making QuickSync working and so forth, had Mm-hmm. X and decoding and so forth. So there was like you can see 
spots of like brilliance and then they just couldn't keep up with the GPUs and the CPUs in terms of you could buy like a Dell high-end XPS laptop or HP and yeah. so forth. If you, the gaming laptops just completely destroyed Apple on mm-hmm. anything with Creator. You could game on it. You could make Adobe work better. Yeah. It was smoother on the gaming laptops because you've got better GPU and all that up there. So yeah. it's, I think that the main thing there that probably killed Apple a bit there is because of the, Apple had NVIDIA GPUs in their machines and then there was a whole debacle with NVIDIA selling them chips that kind of got too hot and then actually like literally so hot that the solder broke and then that the actual pointing mechanism from the GPU to the motherboard broke and then mm-hmm. the GPU died basically and then you have to send the board in to get reballed and all that jazz. Mm. And that turned into a massive, yeah, massive cluster screw up. So that kind of burned <laughs> that bridge. <laughs> that that just burned the bridge completely between Apple and NVIDIA. That's why you'll never right. see an Apple go even close to NVIDIA anymore. Yeah, and I think that yeah. kind of hurt them in the in the later stages because NVIDIA completely dominated the creator space, like dominated. Mm. So mm. that kind of screwed them a bit there, but they still went along and so forth. You could already see even Apple's main focus was on the phones. The phones had yeah. more innovations than the actual PCs did. And you could also see start seeing Apple pushing the operating system to do more and more and more. And then I would assume even they had the same thing. It's like, these chips on our phones are getting really good, very fast. Yes. And like we've got tablets now using them. Yeah. I presume at some point that like the high ups, I presume the engineers just said, why couldn't we just put this in an iMac? Mm. Like, mm. what would customers really miss if we take this chip and put an iMac? The iStore is still there. All their apps that they have on their phones will work on there because it's our ARM architecture, so it will just work mm-hmm. on there. We already have Office they're working on ARM that they've mm-hmm. worked on their own thing, and most people use everything for web now. So you've got Chrome open. I doubt you'll be running Safari, but go for it. But you'll everything is mostly browser-based. If you have to yeah. work into work, it's in the browser. If you have to do something, it's in the browser. If you have to edit documents, you've got Google Docs on the browser. So you don't really need a traditional program anymore. Mm. So I presume eventually they started seeing that. And then I assumed what that then started to push is like asking Intel, okay, what is your plans, Intel? Where are you going? Like, what is the point here? What are you doing? And I think Intel just kind of like said, again, I think Intel was just superly accurate with it to say, okay, where else are you going to go? Mm. I'm like, when we spoke, we spoke in a pre in our in focus on Intel in, in episodes uh, three and four, I think it was, um, how they've ru- ru- running out, they ran out, of, their innovation sort of uh, slowed down, and uh, how, how Intel is actually in a bit of trouble right now, and is yeah. we're going to take a few years under Pat Gelsinger, the new CEO, to to get out of that, and I'm sure Apple saw that yes. uh, in the Intel roadmap and realized, well, do we really want to be part of Intel's problems for the next five years while well, they sort themselves out, or do we do our own silicon? Oh, I think if it's in even before that I think Apple mm. again that's why again I think it was they saw what was coming they asked Intel to do and again making a chip doesn't it doesn't happen over like two years three years this is like a five year thing so mm. 
since they've made that chip, I tell people that's a decision they had to make probably close to five to even six, seven years that they went and said, sweet, let's get the guys that can make chips, big chips, get the R&D, let's get guys from Intel because they did take people from Intel. Let's get guys from all over the place. Let's get, again, they had, I think, um, even some AMD guys went and worked for Apple then. So mm -hmm. hire all those people. Let's, we, they can already see their own potential of their own chip that they're making on phones. Mm. So the question is just that, can we scale it? Can we make it bigger and so forth? And again, mm -hmm. the obvious answer is yes, you can. It, it's, there's mm. nothing stopping an ARM chip for being as good as an um, x86 chip. It's just the amount of effort you put on it to make it compete in those areas. Mm. So I think Apple just kind of had the realization where, and again, if they can have their own chip, then they have better control of it. Because now if you beholden to Intel, you reliant on Intel to innovate and make stuff and make software and mm. I presume they just realized Intel doesn't care. Mm. And Apple, I, Apple is not their, I mean, they, they sub supply, you know, 90% of their chips go into the desktop chips, go into, into the Windows well, ecosystem. Exactly. It's but, not just know, that. Apple's it's, a fairly small. Like the problem customer. is Apple, Apple comes in, like becomes demanding and needy. HP doesn't come mm. to them. Dell doesn't come mm. to them. What other mm. company went to Intel and saying, we're complaining about your chips? None of the other companies complain because they all made fat money and they're all happy. But mm. you could see, in because it's a company, you don't see Dell, HP, and all these other companies making phones. So they mm. don't have that expertise in saying, oh, where it can come. And again, yeah. for Apple, it's, yeah. they, they're pushing the software ecosystem. The software yes. sells the hardware, not the other way around. Mm. Apple, mm. In, from Intel side, they need to make the hardware for the software. Yeah. But Apple goes, okay, what software? We've got all of these software in there. How can we optimize it and so forth? So I think it is a natural evolution because they ended up having so much money. It was a mm. viable option for them to say, okay, let's mm. go spend like a good couple of, a couple of, a good couple of hundred, probably a couple of hundred mil, even more than that more. probably. <laughs> yeah. Let's see where this can go and like, okay, more, more. And the thing, I think the, the camel that broke them back there was when mm. Intel started their power efficiency losses. Mm -hmm. Apple completely, in my opinion, I would say I would even I would lose it. It's like, mm. what the hell? We are we're getting more performance, but we're using more juice. Something is not right here. Look at our phones. Our phones are every generation improving power efficiency and getting faster at either either using the same amount of power and still being 20, 30 percent faster. Yeah. What the hell, Apple? We want we want a laptop that will last a day on a battery. Why can't you yes. give us that? Yeah, and then, then it just made it so feasible for them to go with their own designs. So they're in a unique position think, um, where they can control the software and the ecosystem and then the hardware now. And I think they realized if we can control all those facets and the amount of money they can make from their own phones, because again, if yeah. you sell your hardware device, you are linked to their operating system. You can't just load Linux on there. Well, technically mm -hmm. you can, but you we're talking about you're like, 0.0001% of the user base that will do that. Mm. So if you can sell them the hardware, the hardware then forces them to use a their own proprietary operating system that requires you to go to their shop to buy things. Mm. You cannot go somewhere else to buy something. You have to buy from Apple, which is, again, I thought we will... And luckily, Windows didn't do that because if Windows did this, Windows would be sued through the ground. 
<laughs> now, the fact that Apple can get away with this, again, they can, I think eventually people are going to start waking up saying, I oh, know, but you're becoming like, really? Like Monopoly. You own everything. Mm. That's not fair. There's always been their approach, though. I mean, it's the, the so-called walled garden. They, they want to... Yeah. Uh, they want to. They want to own the whole ecosystem, yes. and, and it's actually, to be fair, it's worked very well for them because it's allowed them to 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 integrate their software, is, their operating system, uh, it's, and the hardware very tightly. It, that's the problem. It's benefiting them, but not the developers, yeah. because that's what sure. all the developers complain about. There's mm. even we've even had those cases where developers should make programs, and then Apple will make mm. their own home-based version that's the same as their app, and then just completely destroy their competition. Apple yeah. has been known for doing that. Where they, oh, oh, you made something, we'll copy your design and we'll make it our own name and then sell it or give it for free. And then they bury that other company because what are you going to do? That's the problem with having such a monopolistic company controlling everything where they don't really care about the actual people that make the software for their platform. Mm. They only care about their own interests over everything else. Yeah. So there is some advantages with it so because you've got tight control about your software and hardware. So it's easy for you to specifically make software for it. Again, that kind of screws you a bit later on because it means, oh, no, if you want this version of operating system, you have to have the latest Apple hardware. So what are you going to do with your old phone? Mm. You're just going to throw it away? Apple has been good at supporting their stuff for quite a while. But at some point, they just tell you, sorry, goodbye. You can't use your stuff like that. Again, you can install Windows 10 on a machine that's what from 20, 2007 to 2005. You can go all the way to 2001. You can install Windows 10 on a machine that has DDR2 still on it, and Windows 10 will still work on it. You can't get that with Apple. They don't. They want you to buy a new hardware platform because the yeah. software is only catered for that new hardware. So mm. it's a it's a difficult battle, but so, Apple has been uh, smart uh, with the M1 chip, though. That is, I, I, I do want to ask. Um, I do want to ask, but just lastly on 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 Intel and Apple. Pat Gelsinger, one of the first things he said when he took over as, as CEO of Intel again, a couple of years ago now or a year ago, uh, was he said one of his priorities will be getting Apple back as a customer. Um, do you think there's any chance in hell that's ever going to happen? Not anytime soon. Probably, there's maybe a chance in like ten years. Mm-hmm. But not not nothing anytime soon. Like, not in his time when he's CEO there. That will happen. Mm-hmm. Straight. Mm-hmm. It's Apple now has their own hardware. They know the profits they can make. They have the money to do it. Yeah. Unless Yeah, and uh making a change like an architectural change like this is is not a simple thing. I mean um, it's it's not a case of just saying okay, well let's just let's just put our own chips in these designer put our own chips in these machines. There's a lot of work that has to happen behind the scenes. In yes, terms of, that. But uh, again, it's uh, like that. Imp- they they put the groundwork there because it's yeah. literally just they've just taken what they've done on the phones and made it yeah. on desktop. That's it. So it, it wasn't yeah. as difficult because they've already done most of the difficult work. <laughs> okay, that's that's the advantage. There. That's the genius of it. It's like that's why even me, I was a couple of years ago. I'm like. Why didn't they? Why can't they just take the phone and put it in a in an all in one? Why did it take Apple so long to realize? Why didn't you just put it in there? Most people will be happy with that performance. If you take mm. the latest Apple phone and you just put it on an all in one, mm-hmm. I think most of the Apple user base would be happy with that. And True. the fact that it took them so long is a bit like, 
Actually, now you think about it, why didn't they just do it for, uh, way quicker? Yeah. Like, wh- what? What yeah. the hell? And like, I, su- I suppose, I suppose the challenge. Uh, what I'm saying is, the challenge was for Apple was that you had to get all this legacy software, which wasn't necessarily going to be ported across. Or yes, rewritten uh, yeah, for the- I think that's now what. Again, most of the people that use Apple devices are in the Apple iTunes ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So most of those software still works there. So I presume now in the PC market, if they're going to go hardcore, like they are now doing, you have to do a, you have to make more performant tiered CPUs and so forth because you want to sell it now to creators. Hence, yeah. they're going back to the creator focus. Most of the adverts mm-hmm. is for creative and look how fast it is, look how fast it's in a little it's all about creation stuff. They don't really tell you mm. you're going to make go faster on Word or Excel because you can do that on your phone and it's pretty much just as fast as you would do it on your PC. Yeah, exactly. So now, if you remember 20 years ago, uh, you needed a fast computer to be able to fire up Microsoft Word quickly. Well, Excel <laughs> and all those things. Waiting for but an Outlook. <laughs> now, so uh, that's... Um, that's why I'm like, I'm impressed. It's good for Apple to come in because they're one of the few companies that actually have the money to make their own chip. Mm. So yeah. I do think it was a benefit. Even to Intel, it's actually a benefit because it woke mm. them the hell up when they in, Intel just, uh, Apple just went and said, oh, you know what? We're not buying chips from you now. Bye-bye. And mm. you're losing, that was a good couple of hundred million units that they lost there. Like mm. a good couple of hundred, probably in it. Yeah, that's a good quantity of orders that you've just lost. Billions and billions of dollars. So yeah, profit wise, they um, uh, I don't know if it's billions because Apple's is a, a bit of a prick. They they got they got chips cheaper than Dell and HP. They bought less. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's how stupid Apple is. Always they've got that in, like, that kind of like we we special. You need to always treat us special. Well, that's what Tim Cook was, is famous for. I mean, it's the supply chain that he manages that, that's made Apple the success it is. It has become since uh, the exit of uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, there's um, problems with that as well because I'm not a big fan of Foxconn, but mm-hmm. he's a good businessman. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> yeah. the profits at the end of the day for him, so that's all he really cares Question, about. Question, I mean… They went Intel in, in whenever it was back in the early 2000s or even maybe even in the late 1990s. Um, no, no, it was the 2000s. What um, – if AMD wasn't capable of taking on that business back then, um, no. they obviously – AMD has grown as in, as in stature and grown as a business in that time. Um, I, I do wonder why uh, Apple never contracted with AMD at some point uh, later on to just supply chips. Uh, too late. By the time AMD started making Zen 1 and so forth, Apple right. was already too busy late. making their own chips. So it was mm. just too late. And even – let's say even if – Mm-hmm. AMD just doesn't have the manufacturing capability to mm-hmm. make the amount of chips that Apple needs. Like AMD can barely keep up with their own orders now already. Imagine mm-hmm. you had to now ask AMD, no, you now need to give us another 500, 600 million chips. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they can't. Uh, I don't see that. It was possibly, depending on how, if you could change the past and play around, then yes, AMD could. In the current world, even then, it's mm. the first thing that just kills that immediately. It's just like it was already too late. By the time AMD started yeah. to be a thing, Apple already moved to their own chip. So it was already set in motion. No. It, it might be interesting to see how things change if AMD goes stupidly aggressive and they keep on targets. It would be interesting to see how capable is Apple to keep up with AMD. Mm. Because 
it's going to be interesting to see how AMD is going to go further up with their performance tiers and see how Intel matches. Because at the low end now, when you look at the normal, at the low end chips from AMD and so forth, the 6000 series, which is a bit yeah. cheating because Intel Apple launched their chip last year. So last year, even now, Apple's chip is still the most power efficient chip that you can buy for normal office reuse and so forth. It beats AMD and Apple out. Now, AMD and Intel can win once you plug the laptop in with mm-hmm. the AC. Then AMD wins handsomely. And if you've got an NVIDIA card in there and you're doing editing and so forth in, I would really say, edge cases, then yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, AMD and Intel still have a lead there, but only when you plug it in. As soon as you unplug it and it runs on battery, Intel wins most of the mm-hmm. cases. AMD now has caught up considerably with the sixth generation stuff that's coming out now and so forth that's brought it much closer but yep. apple still wins there with power efficiency yep. yeah power, the power efficiency is actually amazing so maybe we should dive in at this point into the actual technology behind these chips um so they they've announced a whole s- s- succession of these m1 chips the original one was announced i think it was in the back end of 2020 yeah if i remember correctly uh, and they announced that the first ch- the machine they put that in was the Mac uh, Mini, and I think they also put it into one of their laptops or a couple of their laptops, the Mac. The Air. Mac it was a 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh, and I think they may have put it into a MacBook Air as well, yeah. if I remember correctly, and those original machines. Um, they then came out with the MacBook Pros last year, um, and that was the M1 Pro and the M1 Max, um, and then they made a, a big deal, and I'm going to use very... I'm going to use non-technical terminology here. You can correct me and tell me what the mm-hmm. correct terminology is, but they they basically started plugging these chips together uh, to create more 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 performance, and they they oh, yeah. in their keynotes with the max about and so speed forth. at which these chips can move data between yes. each other, and and uh, well, and then we then and, and yeah. more recently they announced the M1 Ultra, which was once again uh, a um, uh, put basically putting more of the same uh, silicon stitching it together and the rumor is they're going to be announcing either the m1 extreme or the m2 extreme at worldwide developer conference in june which presumably will then go into the uh, mac pro which is the last machine from apple that is still running on an intel processor yes now so that so what are they doing exactly i mean they started with the single piece of silicon in the m1 which went into those original machines which was a great piece of kit um i'm, I'm using it here in our in yeah. our uh, uh, um, Mac Mini's in the office and it performs very well. Um, but um, just take us through it. What are they doing ex- exactly with 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 t- with the M1 and then the M1 Pro and the and the Max and then the Ultra and and how are they stitching these chips together exactly? I understand it's a a technique that's that's been perfected by their manufacturing partner TSMC. Yes. Um, but what is it actually allowing them to do that maybe Intel and AMD aren't doing? Okay, so maybe now. This is the thing that really saved Apple, is TSMC. Okay. That's also maybe one of the other reasons why I think Apple left Intel. It's because they started working so well with TSMC, with their phones right. and so forth, and interactions there. They could see TSMC's roll-up and map-ups and stuff that they're starting to innovate on. That mm-hmm. Intel isn't... Intel might have had it there, but they never showed Apple to say, this is stuff we're working on all this type of stuff. So I don't know if you want to open there the couple of links I have yeah, there. Sure. So we've got 3D Fabric, uh, uh, Co-Was, Info, and 
SOIC. Yes. So most of these technologies is, if we start with the first one and so forth, it's basically getting, having more integration. So you can start having more chips doing different things, connecting to one another. Okay. So that's the main advantage that they start to show. First of all, let's look at the smartphones. The smartphones is just small, power efficient. You're talking in the milliwatt type of range of power usage. So small chips, I produce. You want to use the smallest node as possible because density is key. You want to make the thing as small as possible to use as little power as possible. So TSMC also won there massively over Intel because Intel mm. had well lost the whole plot there with four, being stuck on 14 nanometer and then yeah. TSMC was like hitting seven nanometer and then from seven they went to four. And the fact because it, Apple was buying so many chips from TSMC, they could then say, sweet, they can just buy more allocation. They've got the money. They can mm. buy more allocation from TSMC and saying, sweet, now we can make our own chips on our own factory and we can design it how we want to. And there we go. And then they have all these options for different use cases, how they can design their chip and so forth. So basically between this, now the first one you've got, there's mainly to do with HBM and so forth. And then in terms of your SOC. So this comes from, if you now go to the one that says JET-R, there's a good illustration there, middle one at the top. Uh, big, uh, big yeah, one. so uh, basically uh, the one that says... This one, sorry. I was on a different tab. There we go. Yes. So there's that one. Then you'll see the next one there. So you can actually see there where you've got the substrate, you've got the interposer, and then you've got the two SOCs next to one another, and then HBM. So this tech gives them ability to have different, you can have one piece of tech, and then you can actually have different things connected to it. Okay. So now with TSNC giving them these abilities, and again, a form of this, what they're already doing, they're using this, but instead of using HBM, they're just using normal DRAM. So... Okay. If you open, I don't know if you've got a proper photo of the the Intel chip. I do not. Uh, let me open it here quickly. So what is HP? What, what is HBM? HBM is now just high bandwidth memory. So that is more for GPUs oh. and so forth. But I'll share okay. something here quickly. Let me share. Sure. Let me stop oh. sharing from my side. And I'll share this. Share. Window. Share. So this was, I think, the original Mac. This is now from Wikipedia. You can see there's the memory mm -hmm. and then on the PCB and so forth. They're connecting this memory module directly to the actual CPU or to the SOC. Is this, what are we looking at here? Is this the M1? Yes, this is the original M1. Okay. Yeah. So okay. underneath that chip is the actual SOC. So what a SOC means is mm -hmm. just a system on chip. So because with you've got your GPU, CPU, memory controllers on there, everything is on there. Mm -hmm. So the PCIe Express, your USB controller, everything will sit in that chip. And now they've got the memory attached to that, which also helps with latency and then also with power efficiency. Because, mm -hmm. And again, it's also physically smaller, so you don't have to actually add more RAM right. onto the PCB and so forth. Hence, it kind of screws you a bit because then you can't upgrade a unit. You buy what you get. You, you don't yes. have any choice. So that has its pros which and its cons. Apple's commercial model. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> the enthusiasts go, oh, no. No upgrade. I can't just buy the cheap one and just make it better. And no, you buy the best one or you buy the worst one, and then you stuck with what you bought. Mm. 
And if it breaks, you buy another one. Yeah, after a year, or if you didn't buy the, what's it, <laughs> Apple Care, and yeah, and then you're going to get screwed. So unfortunately, Apple's not really nice there, but the problem is it's one of those things like they don't, you've got a choice. The problem is if you go modular, you will lose performance. Right. So I, I'm like, I'm, I kind of feel painful for them because it's like, it's doomed if you do, doomed if you don't. Mm. <laughs> so there is, so I would say go for the better performance, which they have. And this does help. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why mm. the Apple chips were so quick is because they have mm. direct access to the memory. They don't have to mm-hmm. go through a bus, through the PCB, into a DIMM slot to get the fetch the memory and take it all the way back. Mm. So, why is it? Why is Intel not doing this? Well, because you need to make it upgradable. You can't sell mm. this to a customer. The PC market would riot mm. if you did this. They, right. You, you lose sales. Even in the laptop market. Even the laptop market. Like, you can't see them trying to do that. You've seen them doing that. Like, you can get laptops where the 8 gig is soldered. And you mm-hmm. can't upgrade it. But then it's sold it on right. the PCB. So you're not really, you're making the unit thinner, but you're not really making it better. You would have made it better mm-hmm. if you actually literally fused the memory on the same PCB and directly to the CPU. So the CPU has direct access to the memory. Problem is, right. this is more expensive to do. So first of all, it's more expensive. Second mm-hmm. of all, you have to actually now make a memory controller that actually interface with these things directly. You need to also mm-hmm. do now get very specific memory because I think this is all going to be memory from probably from Samsung, I presume this is from, I have to guess. So probably, yeah. So I thought, well, it now requires tighter control of what you get and the systems. And then again, you need to make sure there's enough stock to buy all those type of stuff. With PC market, you make mm-hmm. the chip, you put it in and the RAM is someone else's problem. Mm. Yeah, now it's your problem. You have to make sure you've got the RAM in stock that you can put in there. And again, I presume there were some weird times when there was the shortages and so forth and logistics was stupid mm. because, again, you're buying this from some place and that company you're buying this from. At least this is a bit easy because the chip is from TSMC. The PCB is probably from some other company that makes specializing on PCBs, but they even had delays you still need to get the load and then you need to get the memory. So there's a lot of logistics to get all of that together and make sure it gets to the same place. And logistics is what Apple is very good at. Yes and no sometimes. Superb. It's it's superb. Basically for, because they have such a domineering thing, it is easier for them to do. But I think they had, like any company, they had troubles. Like that's why certain Mm. things sold at low volumes or certain countries didn't get it at certain places. Because again, you smart. Right. You first sell it to first world countries that you've got enough stock of them. When the inventory builds up, then you can ship it to other third world countries and second world countries <laughs> or whatever. So no one came out of this clean. Like I thought it was like when COVID happened, logistics kind of screwed everyone. Like even Dell, mm. HP, even the big guys, even Samsung struggled sometimes, even with their own phones. So yes. it, it just, working with TSMC gives them the ability to do different things mm. and integrate yep. more things that you would say, oh, damn. And that's the problem with Intel. This is what Intel was supposed to do is innovate in packaging because they were the manufacturing mm. prowess company. We make the best chips. We manufacture the most chips. We manufacture mm. the most advanced stuff. And they kind of mm. lost the whole plot and gave that to TSMC. And TSMC now has even more different. So in the 3D fabrics, they even have different I think it's what's at the info, which is now basically this is getting close to where I think 
Uh, what we'll do is we'll share the one from where is the interconnect? Yeah, I will share from a non tech. Okay, this just shows the the actual complexity of the chip. So actually, when I zoom in, yeah, but you want to control plus on your keyboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. So, so here's the small M1. So here you mm. can actually see it's a. This is what they call a SOC. Pro. So this is the actual mm -hmm. system chip. So you've got your GPU over here. You've got your CPU over there. You've got your, that's the I accelerator there. You've got the actual DDR5 memory controller sitting on each side. Then there's the actual, I think that's cache or something, I think on these. This is cars. the Pro. So this is this is two of these M1s stitched together. No, this is just the, this is just the Pro. This is not when they stitch together yet. The Pro is, is a it? different I thought design. the Pro was two of them stitched together. Oh, yeah. okay. I think the Max is the one that's connected together. The Max has got, uh, I forget. I thought it was four of them so, stitched together in the Max. No, so these ones, okay, well, this is the actual integration tech that you've actually seen. So this is what TSMC now gives out to companies to, mm. to, in, to basically AMD and to Apple and all other companies that would like to make a chip from them. So right. there you actually see the actual difference there. You've got the actual substrate and then you've got the two chips that you now link with one another. Mm. through a die so that you can actually have two chips mm. actually connecting to one another. So you make fabricate them in two places. So again, to Apple's advantage, now you can make a chip, make basically make more chips. If you need higher performance, you just take two of them and put them together. If you want, mm -hmm. if you want to sell it for laptops and so forth, just take one and put them in the other laptop market. It's again, right. this is basically copying what AMD did, making chiplets. You can mm -hmm. sell them, either on desktop or server market. It's it's easy then to scale if you want to scale and so forth. Mm. So this was the mm. ingenious with them going with TSMC and then gives Apple the opportunity to do this type of stuff. And this is also probably going to mm. come to phones as well. So don't think like, oh, this is just for, this is also going to come to phones eventually. Mm -hmm. When they make this small enough and power efficient enough, you're going to have more phones instead of having, because even on phones, when you look at the PCB of phone, you'll see this, plenty of different chips on there and so forth, doing all kinds of different things and so forth. The more you can integrate all of those things into one chip, your cost of manufacturing goes down and the complexity mm. goes down. Having mm. one thing go, go that can go wrong is better than having 10 different things that can go wrong. Mm. So for the, for the company making it anyway. Well, it, again, everybody kind of benefits because you start moving all that intellectual property in, like AMD, AM, same as Apple. Apple uses, oh, I don't know if they've had the, well, I presume that laptops have built-in USB. So if we go back to mm. one of these designs, you will probably see the USB controller somewhere built in. Yeah, they still have to pay USB for it. It's not as if they're still mm. using it for free or something. So these companies will still make money from them. It's just, it's mm. easier and more efficient technically, because again, if you make a separate chip, you have to make it somewhere separately, which requires shipping, which requires mm. transport, which costs more money. So then you're wasting more stuff in like environmental damage, shipping more, more things mm. somewhere else to get it assembled. So mm. if you can streamline that and have it in one place, then it actually is better overall for everyone. Again, mm. they might now start killing off competitors and so forth because I would assume NVIDIA would have been very happy if Apple went to NVIDIA and got their AI course from NVIDIA and put it on there, then they use their own one. But we're going to start seeing that simplification where unfortunately the smaller companies will probably bowled over by like AMD and Apple and Intel will just start integrating more. And 
same as Apple, like AMD now. AMD's also moved everything to one chip. They don't have a like mm. a system on chip anymore where you've got the South Bridge. Because traditionally the South Bridge will have all your like USB controllers and so forth. That's all merging into one chip instead of having more mm. chips. So it was ingenious design yeah. from from Apple. And again, kudos yeah. to go to Apple engineers to do this. Because this is doing stuff that I think AMD is probably trying to do and so forth. The problem is, it's like, I think they don't have the ecosystem where they can push this. You, you asked, mm-hmm. uh, again, not really, because again, AMD has the advantage of Sony and Microsoft buying Xbox from them. Right. So AMD has right. military contracts as well. So I presume they do stuff like this, but not to the consumer. Apple can bring out these advanced stuff that's quite expensive to do and complex yeah. and mass produce it because it's, you're not making a couple of thousand. You're making a couple of mm. un- tens of millions of these things millions. you're making. Yeah. So again, yeah. kudos needs to go to the engineers figuring this stuff out and so forth and out engineering Intel. That's that's where you should really go like, ooh, Intel, in our Yeah. So so what does this actually mean for uh what does this actually mean, uh, for for Intel in the longer term? Because we've heard rumblings that Microsoft is going to make its own chips or design its own chips on no. Apple because of course Microsoft always wants to do what Apple's doing. Um no, no. is that a feasible possibility? Mm. I know we've seen Google talking about coming up with their own uh, chips for their for their uh for their smartphones, I don't know if they have the sort of scale that would justify that. Um, you're saying no? Is I mean, no, no, Microsoft no, not has Microsoft. been making noises about doing Google. This. I can see perhaps, but no, that's a difficult For one. Their surface lineup at this point of moment. If you're mm. trying to do this now, you're too late. You should have done this four years, five years ago. All right. You, you're too late now to jump on the boat. It would now be cheaper to literally go to AMD and says AMD. Again, Valve did it. Valve went to AMD and said, we need a portable chip that we can put on a console. And again, Valve did this for other reasons as well, because Apple needs to get out. Valve needs to get experience because they want to push VR quite well. And again, I thought people didn't really, you can already see the breadcrumbs. What they're doing now with AMD now is just what a leap step frog of we will go with VR. They are going to have... Mm -hmm. AMD-powered VR machines coming out in the next probably three to four years, if not hopefully sooner. Mm. So You're talking about the, the Steam Deck? That, that, yeah, Steam Deck. Uh, that so AMD, mm. AMD has a good tradition now and a reliable tradition of making chips for other people. They've got Sony mm-hmm. orders, Xboxes with them. They've got military orders, hospital stuff as well. You'll be amazed how many medical devices and so forth have, have, have AMD stuff now built in. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So AMD has a reliable way where you can go to AMD, sit with the engineers, design a chip that's kind of unique to you. There's similarities, even if you now take Microsoft's console versus Sony's console and so forth, and you compare the two, there's, yeah. there's differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. With it. Again, that also gives AMD a massive advantage because, again, they now learn from both of them. So when Sony mm. pioneers or innovates something, AMD can learn from that. And if Microsoft pioneers, mm. then, then AMD can distill and learn from them as well. So I think for other companies, it's probably going to be much easier to just go to AMD and say, make us a chip for us and so forth on x86 or, again, AMD has an ARM license. I would not be yeah. surprised. I know AMD had worked on one and then they kind of put it on a hold because it's like we don't have enough people to focus on making x86 and ARM, but they do have an ARM mm. architecture chip that uh, I think Kelo designed for them. So they do actually have a mm. high-performance ARM core. 
So AMD can again now look at those if there's a company big enough to go and say, I would, that's what I people like. That's what Google would go. Google go to like yeah. AMD because AMD has now the advantage now working with TSMC. It's much mm. easier for AMD to make a chip that equals Apple than any other company. You're right. So that, that, because again, it's not just making a chip that's same. You need to have the expertise to make the packaging. So now this is where we can criticize Apple, but because the packaging that they're using now at the moment from, from TSMC is basically the basic versions. They're doing the typical Steve Jobs thing. Looking around, seeing what's what done and say, oh no, we can actually use that in a better way. But they're not really pioneering in that field. Mm-hmm. You don't I don't I don't expect Apple to make the newest, bestest gen interconnect ever. That's not what I expect mm. from them. Because again, I don't. They, so they are, they are leaning heavily on, on yeah, TSMC. Yeah. But when you say packaging, what do you mean by packaging? Well, it's basically it's having different things. So, like, if you go to to TSMC, you want to design yeah. a chip. They will give you now all their documents and all those things. You still need to inside know how to use that stuff. So same That's as AMD. Awesome. Like AMD now pioneered basically. AMD was the first company to have the interconnect with their. Uh, uh, what is the, the GPU that they sell to data centers and so forth that they launched end of 2020. Yeah. End of 2020, they launched that chip. That mm-hmm. was the first, oh no, 2021. That was end of last year that they launched yeah. that chip. That was the first chip they have interconnect. That thing can interconnect like Apple claims, oh, 800 gigabits per second. AMD one is doing like terabytes per second. So I can, <laughs> you literally went to the most basic version that TSMC sells and you use that. Again, you still need to implement it. So it's not as if you're being dumb. But it's like like you're not mm. innovating in that. AMD went with the SMC and innovated a new way of making it go stonk fast. Mm. So and then again, we'll probably see well, that end of this year. Well, we have to put something in the we have to put some keep something aside to put in the M2 and the M3, right? Yes. Well, again, <laughs> it's now the, the again you need to learn how to mass produce them as well. So it's not yes. just a, a a fact of like oh you can make the chips like you know, I. I thought people like Intel. Intel can make amazing chips. You've, we've already seen leaks of Intel's new servo chips and oh, how great they are. Mm. And that's like you can only really use it if you can buy it, and you can't buy it. So all good that you've got it there mm. in your own little factory, but can you mass produce it? And then you go, uh, no, 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 we can't. I'm like you see now, that's the problem. So mm. when it comes to mass production, doing something in small scale is easy. Doing something in a big yeah. scale, much more difficult. So that's. Mm. So that, that also gives, now, Apple has the advantage, because they spent buy so much chips from TSMC, they will always get the latest yeah. note, which is a bit weird. Yeah, deep pockets. They, they can just go in. I mean, uh, TSMC must love having Apple as Yes, no, it's, as it's basically like given money, because you're going to get yeah. now all the Apple orders in terms of phones. You're going to all get their laptop orders mm-hmm. and all their desktop orders. So TSMC is smart. Woo, go for it. We'll help you out as best as we can. But mm-hmm. I'm already seeing that they're not really going out of their way to help them, which is a bit weird. Because that, In what way? Well, how can I put this? Like the AMD. AMD has Vcash that Apple doesn't have, like okay. bolting more cash onto the chip. Now, again, there's implementation right. costs there, that, and you need to know what you're doing there. So I don't think Apple has the expertise there to necessarily do that. But again, it's like, you can look at all the AMD chips. It seems that, I presume it maybe, maybe I'm miscuing it a bit and so forth because AMD has a bit more knowledge in manufacturing. Because when you look at AMD's manufacturing, they always get a different node than everyone else now. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. yes, they aren't six, but it's they six. It's not everyone else's six. So when I thought yeah. it was like when they sell four nanometer to now Nvidia is going to buy four nanometer and Apple four nanometer, they use four nanometer. When AMD gets five nanometer, that five nanometer is unique to Apple. No one else gets that five nanometer that AMD has. Right. So you can already see, even TSMC is going extra effort with AMD and giving them more advanced stuff than the other guys. Mm. But again, mm. I presume that's now coming from AMD actually contributing to them and helping them a lot with making these yeah. new packaging stuff because the other companies yeah. aren't yeah. really going out to help them making these packaging. So again, again, AMD is coming that traditional when we help, we help everyone. We don't help ourselves. When we help you, as you, you mentioned help. previously, though. So, as you've mentioned previously, though, TSMC and AMD have had a very close relationship yeah, no, for a number of years. Essentially, so, since yeah. that, since AMD really rocketed up now and so forth, again, TSMC sees AMD as every chip AMD sells as a chip that Intel isn't selling. Yes, which is a good way yes. to look at it from TSMC's perspective because that means they make money, and mm. you can see they've been making stupid money. Like their profit margins mm. are. I can think they're all smiling from eye to eye <laughs> in terms of profiteering from there. So I, uh, they, that's now where the only thing I'm not going to see there where we're going to start seeing Apple focus now is on accelerators, especially in for one of the reasons why the Apple chips are so quick is there is cheating. Yes. Intel would call it cheating, but I would really call it just being playing smart because it's to do with how the core actually works. So that's where a lot of your like speed comes from is right. in terms of how, why it feels so quick and responsive is uh, the chip has, because everything is now so tightly interconnected, the memory controller, the storage controller, everything is connected together. So it's much easier now for the chip and the CPU to pull information from, from those actual places now from those controllers. So now it's easier for the scheduler to start scheduling saying, sweet, this, this guy does this, this, and this operations very repeatedly. I can now predict what he's going to do and then already start loading up memory in the, fr- in the back end because he already knows what you're going to do. And then that's why you feel so quick because it knows, it, see, it starts to realize your pattern. Most CPUs do this now. They start seeing a pattern. When you boot up your machine, the chip actually starts learning. That's what one of those AI cores yeah. in Apple does. It actually learns what your patterns when you open what, and then yeah. actually starts front-loading all of those things. It's clever. Which is ingenious. It's very clever. Now, mm. there's some strengths and weaknesses with it, which we'll come to now, because you can really hurt yourself later on with that, but it makes okay. the chip stupidly snappy. Like an amazingly snappy, and that's what Apple now like, whoa, this is now good stuff coming. And again, it's only going to get better. Mm. So it's like the chips now, it's going to be interesting to see where they're going to start innovating because I presume having more cores, I don't really would benefit that much. Honestly, I thought people, most people will be happy with an eight core chip, probably just a faster mm-hmm. eight core chip. So the single core would be quicker. But again, you can, they'll probably start innovating in the AI cores, making the AI cores more intelligent in terms of where you can use them and so forth. Very similar to what NVIDIA now does with CUDA and so forth. So I think okay. I wish Apple had the same like software like ability as NVIDIA, which would be dangerous, but would be great because Apple would then actually make it easier for developers to actually use all the hardware they have inbuilt into their machine. Because that's I can mm. see that's kind of a bit of a problem for Apple now. Mm. Because that integration there is tight, 
but it's at the moment it only really benefits a few people and it takes it seems yeah, to take them quite a long time benefits. to actually get that right because even like how long like you can get the like the emulation thing is rosetta right rosetta 2 yeah. yes now even mm. it works but it it's not like 100% working so you can still see there's certain it's applications. Slow. It's some apps are slow. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like Evernote was te- Evernote was terribly slow on the emulation. Exactly. Now that they've released an Apple Silicon version, it's it's exactly. fast. But than now, the other how apps. long did it take them yeah. to make an application? Literally, it took them almost a year. What's it? Mm. No, probably a less than a year. Probably Two like years. Geez, year and a half. Geez, year and a half. That's quite long. That's that's quite bad actually. Now I think about it. That 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 should be something. I think that maybe. Evernote's problem rather than Yeah, but, but the problem is now, it's the same as game developer and all those type of things. Mm. It's your job as hardware vendor to make it as easy as possible. Look at NVIDIA. If you make it easy as possible, mm. you can make stuff great and people will then be stupidly loyal to your brand if you make yeah. it easy. Look at Gouda. Very easy to use for most software guys. That's why they own that market. So I wish, mm. I, I wish they would do that. So, I mean, I think that 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 kind of leads us in nice, nicely into a discussion on 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 gaming on Mac. I mean, these these chips have got amazing uh, GPUs, and well, they they, they seem on paper to be amazing GPUs. Um, I mean, on these high end MacBook Pros, I think you're looking at a 30, 32 core GPU. Uh, um, I don't know what that actually means. Yes, in well, real performance. Uh, yeah, no, that that's so but, difficult. Um, but um, on paper, it looks like these would potentially be great gaming machines. Uh, yet, you look at uh, the games that are available on Mac, and they tend not to be triple A titles that uh, that that you, know, you need top end graphics. That it's, those titles. It's not your Call of Duties for, uh, and your Counter Strikes and all that type of exactly. Is that going to change? Is 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 M one going to? Is Apple Silicon going to bring gaming to the Mac? Make it a first class citizen like it is on PC? It, it that will depend on Mac. The problem is Mac is very anti gaming for how the industry is, is now. Because okay, the problem is in industry now you're going up against you're going up against Sony, Microsoft. Yep. You're going up against Epic. You're going up against Again, Epic would probably want to make their stuff on there. So, first of all, you're playing with the big players. The Sony, the Microsoft, you're going up against big known industries. So, that's that's the first problem. Apple is not good at being nice to other people. But it's a big industry and they'd love it to is. have a part of it. That's surely. right. Mobile is quite popular because when the problem is Apple wants to cut off everything. The gaming yeah. industry doesn't want They're to give them a mobile. cut. Mobile games. You see, yeah. in Windows, Windows doesn't yeah. ask the game developer, give me 30% of your profits. If you want to install yeah. a game from Steam, you install it, there you go. Windows doesn't want a cut. Mm. Doesn't Adama want a cut. Mm. Apple wants a cut mm. from everything. Mm. And that's what would kill mm. gaming there. Is Certainly, on, on that's true on mobile, but it's not so much on, on desktop shit. I mean, on, on, yep. on Mac OS, it's, it's very much like Windows. You download apps. I mean, they've got a Mac app store. There's also a uh, Windows store, which no one really uses. Well, um, that's, you, do, you download apps and Yeah, but the problem them. is, so if it's on the surely, App Store, if you sell something on the App Store, Apple takes a cut. Yeah. Yes. If Steam is... But that's, that's mainly on mobile, right? I mean... No, even on sure desktop, the if you use... Probably, I, that's where Apple is going. Apple wants everything oh, sure. on... If you buy something, they want you to buy it from oh, They them. can't do that. Of course they can. They, they're not, they, uh, the, 
Well, they can't exactly say you can't download your software from a website. Well, <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. You can't, can you can I you do see. can you load other software on your phone? Can you if no, you've got an Apple phone, an iPhone. You, on your iPhone, you cannot load any other software that is not on that my store. No. Same happens with on, on PC. They're gonna do the same thing. It's similar to Android. I mean you could sideload an, an APK on Android, but most people just use the Exactly. Pencil. And that's and the problem is the gaming industry doesn't like that. Because mm. the problem is the game is already a thousand rands in South Africa. Yeah. Apple would want another thirty percent on top of it. Because again, Apple is not going to make the ecosystem and the software for your gaming mm. development. So of course you're going to have to pay them because mm. you need to pay <laughs> them to make the software for you to make your game. DirectX, Microsoft has DirectX for that. On, on basically on Linux, we've got now Vulkan and OpenGL and so forth, all being superseded by Vulkan. But you need Vulkan to work on that. Apple has their own version, which is Metal. But as far as I know, I don't think Metal has been optimized yet for the new stuff. And I can guarantee you now they're okay. going to make sure that when they do go that route, they're going to tell you, yeah. no, no, you have to use our API, and our API only works on if you distribute it through our own iStore. Mm. And they're going to do it. That's mm-hmm. why I people, that's what would, if Apple is changes that by all means, and they can show us, no, sweet, that they allow Steam to be installed on their application, and Steam doesn't need to pay anything to to you Apple. can run Steam on Mac. The problem is then it needs to, it needs the game developer needs to support Metal, and that's the problem is supporting that. That implementation is quite stiff. So if they make a new implementation of it and they make it free to access and free to use, yeah, then then yeah. there's a chance. Again, it will it be difficult. Surprise me if it would not surprise me if uh, if uh, gaming is is in Apple's roadmap. I, I don't know. Um, They've never been. And I think they know. I th- that's they haven't, but they haven't. There's the chance um, and so forth. I'm like, just like that's my problem with Apple. There, it's like the game marketing mm. isn't small. It's a massive market. Mm. But my problem is, I can mm. see already that greed in their eyes already saying, no, but we can't tap it. No, more. we want to tap it for. It. They're, and let's not forget, Apple is actually already a very big player in the gaming market. I think the game the type of games we're talking about are, are PC yes, style no, games. This is now more. But if you look at casual games. Yes. If you look at casual games uh, and you go into the, the app store on an iPad or an iPhone and you see what the top grossing apps are, they're all games. Yeah. Um, but the problem is and, Apple, uh, takes, so that, Apple takes 30% of whatever 30%. you make. Yeah. So it works for Which small scale, why but you can't do... Tim Sweeney and Epic are suing them. Yeah, exactly. So top people was like, mm. he's, you could see Sweeney trying to do that. And you knew. Mm. You knew like, that's why they wanted to do what's at Fortnite on it. And no, you, if yeah. it's something that you want to make money from, we want a cut of whatever money you make. Again, by all yeah. means, Sony and Xbox does that as well. But with yes. them, at least, they work with the game developer. They give you a dev kit. They give yeah. you all these things. They, if you need someone, you can call someone. You don't get that type of service with Apple. Even if you're one of the best mm. app developers for Apple, you still sometimes takes weeks to get something out of Apple. Weeks. Yeah. And then the service you get is crap, from what I've been told. From all the app developers that spoke to me, they hate oh, dealing really? with app. Hate. Very interesting. Like you can even look at like some of like Linus and Luke when they had issues with they on for Linus tech, uh, for having um, what do they call Flowplane, getting Flowplane working and so forth on the Apple Store. Black utter bull crap that they had to deal with. <laughs> it is tremendously how bad Apple is. Like amazing for mm. the amount of money they make. 
I'm like, dude, if this was a good corporation in the good old days, holy crap, those good corporations would smack Apple because it is so ignorantly <laughs> run. I can, this is worse than like YouTube. And I would say probably on the same level as YouTube's, like if you give, you get claimed and so forth, that type of bull crap. That's how bad. App, and again, I kind of mm. understand because there's so many apps, but it's your mm. own fault. You went and made it completely mm. open and there's a crap ton of rubbish on there. It's just same yeah. as Android. Android probably has more rubbish on it. But again, you would think Apple's ecosystem is so enclosed and you look at lists of lists of Apple apps, the camera apps yeah. and stupid stuff and all that type of jazz. Tons of the things. So I understand where they come mm. from. You can only employ so many people to filter all those things. But then you should mm. cut that down. You should actually have a better way to do this now. For a company that's that big as Apple, you should have spent... They're very good money. at making money. They're very good Again, at making like, money. That's, it's, that's, uh, you're good at making money if you don't confidence. spend any. <laughs> that's the problem there. Is they're not really spending the money in places where I would say, just spend the money there to make it easier for consumers to use. Employ more mm. people to be able to make your platform better. And they just go, ah, mm. yeah, too much work, too much effort. Oh, that's the impression they're giving me, is they just mm. don't care. We're already making so many money. Why should we actually improve it? And it's like, you see now, you, now you're you falling in that same trap. Yeah, Intel now fell into. You're becoming complacent. And then you're waiting for some other yeah. dude that does what you didn't do, and then you get screwed. So I like how these companies <laughs> like make the same mistakes over and over and over it's and over again. I'm like, guys, you guys are getting paid <laughs> stupid money as CEOs, and you make the yeah. same mistake. Again and again and again. I'm like, they get greedy. Wow, guys! They greedy. Like, damn, they get greedy. It's they get. Greedy. It's not just a bit of greed. But it's just sometimes just they either don't think about it or just mm. too already too much stuff on their plates. That's probably also what yeah. happens there. But yeah, yeah, someone should be able there to smack so, them and say, hey. <laughs> so I, w I want to talk a bit about uh, the uh, battery life of the M1. Um, it's it's very impressive. Um, I've got one of these um, M1 uh, um, Max uh, MacBook Pros, and the battery life on that is a good ten hours if I'm hammering it. Yeah. Um, even longer if I'm just doing basic stuff on it, which is absolutely astonishing for a for, for a laptop. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you if you really, you know, are doing it for basic things, you keep the brightness of the screen down, you can get more than 15, 16 hours on this thing. Yeah. Easy. Not quite as much as Apple claims, which I think is nineteen, twenty hours. Yeah. No, but still, it's very, very impressive. You can get on a a flight from Joburg, you can fly to New York, and you can still have juice left in your battery yeah. in your laptop at the, at the end of the flight, which is which I've never seen on a on a Windows laptop. Now I admit I've historically used these very thin Dell XPSs and yeah. things like that, which probably again they were the best batteries inside uh, them. Dell, but still, it's it's yeah. I would say yeah. AMD's. But I, continue. So. I was just going to ask, um, so they've done amazing stuff. How has Apple managed to get the battery life so long on, on these devices using these M1 chips? Is it all down to the, the node that they're using from TSMC? Uh, are, they, are they making very good use of efficiency cores in these chips? And then following on from that, um, is the PC industry going to, to benefit from um, some of the innovation we've seen here? Are we going to see Windows laptops with 15 to 20 hour battery life coming out soon? So first question in terms of efficiency. So they're yeah. using the latest node. So they already have a leg up compared to Intel AMD, especially against yeah. Intel. So the node yeah. there does help, but the node isn't everything. Mm -hmm. The other benefit they have is they're using ARM. The ARM chip is mm -hmm. designed specifically, the one they're using from ARM Corporation that they're integrating there, 
specifically for power efficiency. It is right in, in the millivolts of power usage they use. Most desktop CPUs and laptop chips that you're using on your PC, they go into the volts of power they're using. Right. So if you're talking about right. here's a chip that works in the millions of volts <laughs> versus a chip that goes in the volts to use power, mm. the one has a massive advantage. And again, right. there is advantage because they're using ARM. ARM is a more cut down, more efficient. There isn't really a lot of overheads with it. On Windows mm. PCs, you have to have overhead because it's x86. x86 is a yeah. more power. Just doing a normal instruction on x86 uses more power than ARM. So from the gate, okay. I doubt there's a chance for AMD and Intel to even come close. Right. There's probably ways they can cheat, which I'll talk about now where AMD is starting to cheat and you can start seeing them becoming very smart with x86 and so forth. But again, credit to credit due, Apple has made a very power efficient chip and they've also made it so where certain parts of the chip would shut down. So you, they would literally, certain parts of like, uh, maybe the USBs and so forth. If you don't use it and so forth, I actually like, like completely like put it on like a super sleep state and there's almost no power going to it, which will save you a lot of power. Mm -hmm. Because previously you didn't really mm -hmm. do that, which is very difficult to do. Mm. Like designing a chip where you can cut power going to it and so forth, that's really complex work to do. That's like, wow, that's not easy work there. So you can mm. see in they've gone specifically and targeted all those areas, played to ARM's strength as well, because it is a very efficient architecture. So if you put that all in the package, good manufacturing node, good architecture, good power management, and you put it into a chip that's fairly small, again, smaller chips mm. do benefit there. So you can't, I would say, don't expect the, if they do bring the max chip out with the two, two freaking chips together, glued together, or basically stick together and so forth, and put it in a laptop, it will be the same mm. power efficiency as the M1. It's not going to be because it's a massive chip that you need to power. And the M1 Ultra is massive. I tell people, you need to keep that in mind. That thing is huge. Yeah, it's on the screen now. That thing yeah. physically, even when you look at it, I'm like, holy crap, the thing is good sonkers. It looks like you can basically take an AMD, like space, getting close to AMD straight ripper size. That's how big that socket is. The thing is huge, mm. not mm. cheap. Massive though to make. So that takes a lot of space. And the bigger the thing is, the more energy it's going to use because you've got more resistance. Mm. So again, they're going to play to their strengths and making small chips and then being able to just, as they go, they can add more things to make it scale for the, the applications going to, because you don't need hyper efficiency if you're going to use it on an all-in-one that's going to be plugged into the wall. You don't need it yeah. to be concerned there. So then you can boost mm. the chips a bit more. That's where one area where you can see the now the actual cons with ARM is when you do give it juice, the AMD and the Intel ones just completely destroy it again. Like, and it's a bloodbath again. Mm -hmm. And so even with the laptop ones, the AMD ones, as soon as you plug the charger in, the AMD is 10, 15, sometimes 20% faster than the Apple's. Mm -hmm. So that, so mm -hmm. you can see even when the Apple's Mac is plugged in, it doesn't benefit that mm -hmm. much even when it's plugged in. Because again, the chip mm -hmm. can't scale. ARM can't scale with voltage. I have, I have noticed that. So I thought people, it's like, I have noticed that's, that. it's, you can and, and that's now the problem is you we might see apple i i would assume that's probably where they're going to is they'll probably later on where they're gonna have where you see now with the ultra chip where you've got two different chips eventually yeah. they're not gonna have them exactly the same the one chip will be a high performance chip that they only make on like 
desktop and so forth. And then they bought on the more efficient one that they use on the laptops. I think that's kind of where we're going to start seeing this go, where then the desktop one will have efficiency, where if you just using it for reading documents and so forth, it will power down the other part of the core, the other side of the chip, Mm -hmm. basically, and saying, shoot, you don't need all of that stuff. You can run this, all that. And then when you do need the performance, it just enables the other high performance part. And then there you go. It flies, goes off to the races. So I think mm. that's coming, but that's probably going to be a couple of years before now. Now we still need to figure out how this, how you actually get two chips to work with one another with lower latencies and higher interconnects. and Because latency is key. In, mm. We actually, Apple, I would say, probably pushed it a bit more. And then with now with AMD, with higher caches and so forth, we started to see literally just put more cash on more cash more memory faster mm. memory lower latency you can kind of like brute force victory because mm. that's one of the areas why the m1 chips are so fast is they have a massive l1 and a massive l2 so yeah. i don't know if you want to bring that photo up again i want to actually check and see if i can yes see. let me do that just so that people can see I, I gonna... how much space apple is using yeah. just on l on like cash memory it's stupid it's actually amazing how bad it is. So zoom a bit in, Ben. Let me see if I can yeah. zoom in on this. Uh, let me try. On. There we go. So go to the M1 um, Max or something like the... that. Then where is that? So there we go. So when you look at the that there and so image. forth, you'll see the actual, you'll see that center bit there where it looks like a crossing. Yes. So those are the actual, I think those are the cores that surround it and so forth. All next to it there is the memory. Those are the cores. You can see the cores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see the cores. And the, and the memory on the left yeah. and right. Yeah. That's all the memory that's there. Now, on the bigger ones and so mm. forth, they'll have even, it, it, even in that, if you can, yeah, it's difficult. You have to zoom in Well, more. these are just two, the same thing yeah. stitched together. You can together, zoom in even more. Then yeah. You'll see that crossing yeah. actually is memory as well in it. And then when you zoom in more, you'll even see the core itself majority of the core is memory like literally right. half of the core there is memory only the small piece like you'll see it's like a small piece of that side there is the actual core rest of it's just memory <laughs> so again that's why they so especially with this. when they did the benchmarks mm. and so forth they show quickly it's because it literally loads the whole mm. program in memory in like super fast memory so you can kind of mm. cheat by it by just when you do a task it doesn't need to go out and go to like normal, like what I would call outside memory, out of bound memory. It just mm. goes close to it and then does the task and then the performance is like super snappy. So mm. that's where you benefit there. Again, the problem is certain applications benefits from low latency. Other applications mm. doesn't benefit at all. So that's why you'll see mm. in benchmarks say like, oh, Apple's like stupidly fast and other applications is like, well, what the hell? Then you're actually more reliant on the actual core's performance than the actual memory performance. So should the PC industry be looking on enviously at this uh, tech? Um, well, AMD is already think? basically doing what Apple's doing already. So we've already seen right. 3D Vcash. I think they've just launched in South Africa where they literally, here's the chip itself, and we'll just on top of it actually superimpose another chip and then it will connect with one another. So if they... AMD's already right. been in the memory game and so forth. And we'll probably see with Zen 5, that will probably increase the L2 memory size, will probably be increased. L1 might be increased as well. We'll have to see, but L2 will definitely be increased because they saw what Apple did and it 
Mm-hmm. And again, IBM also did that. I, IBM is even more advanced. They don't even have L3 anymore. They only have L1 and L2 memory, but like in mm-hmm. megabytes of it, which is like, whoa, that's... Because the most expensive part in the CPU is the memory, because that's normally the thing that goes faulty in manufacturing, is the memory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's okay. that's normally, because you have so many of them, It because... Literally, when you make it, you make each bit and so forth on there. So it's massively complex to make the memory on there. So they, they also use use some power. They're not massively power hogs. But the problem is now you're mm. dedicating a lot of die space to a lot of memory that in total uses a quite a bit of memory. Same as RAM. If you like to look at the server stuff and so forth, even now when they go to 8-channel memory, the RAM uses more p- power than the actual CPU. <laughs> so when you've got that amount for memory and stuff like that, there is a price to pay, mm. but the performance is there. So you'll see AMD is there. AMD is already pioneered with local, like same as Apple, having local air switch off. Mm. That's why with, I think AMD is the first laptop where, <clears throat> even with my older AMD laptops, the new ones, you can, I'm not joking. you. I've had a customer, we've tasted this, 11 hours mm-hmm. video playback on an AMD laptop on Windows. That's impressive. Mm. And it's because it's dynamically switching it. off parts of the GPU and the CPU to make sure that not using needless power. Yeah. And I'm like, on a proper, like, the equivalent batteries, because again, Apple kind of the bit cheats there because they use like massive batteries in their laptops, the 94 watt sure. hour batteries and so forth. Normally on PC, massive, yes. the cheap the laptop would be cheaper because the reason it's cheaper because they're using mm. like a fifty watt, fifty or maybe a 50, uh, fifty four watt okay. hour or eighty two watt mm. hour, and then now you'll see most of the new top end laptops from like ZenBooks mm. and uh, Dell XPSs mm. and the HP NVs and so forth. You can't fit the big battery in those things. No, you can get ninety. You can fit ninety four watt hour batteries in like an MacBook Mac. Like a book and the small laptops, you can. They're very expensive batteries. Okay. They are like, I'm not joking. That's oh, like, I think. Oh, denser batteries. Well, it's just normal. I think that's lithium polymer that they use on those ones. But you can literally get, mm-hmm. I'm not joking you, this size battery. That's 94 watt hour, 90, yeah, 94 watt hour okay. batteries. Down at this size. I have a I have a Dell XPS 13, which is running, a, I think, a, a sixth, could be an eighth, but I think it's a sixth, sixth generation gen. oh. Intel Core i7 processor the battery life on that i replaced the battery in it because the previous battery went so i replaced the brand new battery i'm lucky if i get two and a half hours of that yeah now that's that's old school intel that's that's one Mm. the problems with intel now as well is because their laptops still are very reliant on the south bridge and so forth apple's amd's also consolidated all that tiny again that's now advantage with TSMC with giving you more options with how you can make fabricate mm. the chips with them and the complexity you can add there. Mm. So Intel really needs to wake up in the laptop market because the 12 gen chips are fast. They just not good at power yet. Too power hungry. That's yeah. my problem. They hot and they power hungry. Even in laptop. Now the laptop chip is stupid fast. Like if you plug it mm. in, that thing zongs and it makes Apple look stupid and even the new AMD ones are a good 15 to 20% slower than Intel. The problem is your battery sucks and it's hot as hell. So I thought we mm. like the AMD laptops for me, I, I already have customers that have already back ordered some of the new AMD 6000 series or with Asus ZenBooks. Okay. And I know Lenovo is going massive with AMD. Like, and I don't know what happened oh, there, interesting. but a lot of the yeah. high, high-end corporate laptops that 
uh, because I know like Coca-Cola and a lot of the big American corporations have like massive deals with yeah. Lenovo and all of those apparently are going to be in yeah. IMD, which is like, this is actually quite big that AMD is scoring that big deal with Lenovo. That's a big one. And it's because it's because the battery life is like stupid. I think they've, I think AMD now helped them optimize their motherboards and all those things. They even have, I think, Windows laptops with the Lenovo design and so forth that's pushing like close to like 12 to like 12 to 13 hours. Mm. Which is... I, I I I mean, for a laptop, I'm, I'm actually happy to take a performance hit if I'm not connected to power. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to have a computer that's a little bit slow if I can get get fifty percent better battery yeah, life. Yeah, no, that's that's the problem with Intel's architecture is it doesn't mm. it doesn't scale well down. I hope they change that mm. with 14th gen and so forth because uh, I don't think 13th gen is going to be that much better. So I know AMD is already mm. as I said, AMD is probably the closest company that will be able to use x86 to match ARM. Which again, I think even Apple would go, damn, these guys are really good. <laughs> Because x86 is a power-hungry monster if it wants to be. And it scales well. And again, the fact that AMD can get x86 to use as little... Great for desktops. No, well, yeah. even on laptop, AMD managed to get an x86 8-core chip down where you can... When you play a video for 11 hours, we've never seen that. Yeah. Like, you mm. will struggle yeah, even with ARM tablets to get that. Mm. Which I thought was like... They, again, that's probably going to be the more expensive laptops from AMD. But again... Sure. Apple's laptops aren't exactly cheap, so no, they're not. So again, and I was going to ask, do you think do you think Apple's going to win a, a, a chunk of of um, PC users across, okay. especially with, from Intel? This, this is this is this is a game yeah. for Intel to lose. AMD, yeah, again, AMD is coming from a position of a low position. They can only go up. The only person here that loses is Intel. Apple will go yeah. up. AMD will go up. Apple's the only one that has market share to lose. No one else has. Mac, as you alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, Mac users are very loyal and uh, a base. Um, there's a, yes. a large subset of Apple users who will never go to Windows. They'll always stay on Mac. But that's not the same on Windows, no. is it? The people aren't as loyal to Windows. They'll say, oh, that Mac looks well, really nice. The, um, let's, let's go over there. Yeah, for a the while. problem <laughs> is with Windows. I've had, I'm in the fortunate position where I've had customers of basically of both actually coming in. I would say even four. So yes. I've had customers come in that yes. only buy Apple and they're like, I want to buy a PC because Adobe works better on PC and so forth. I'm like, before you buy something from me, I don't want you to buy it from me and then regret buying it from me, please. Because mm. I have seen that happen. I have seen Apple customers buy a Windows PC and they go, how great is it? How great is it? And I, I don't like Windows. And I'm like, I <laughs> warned you. You made this choice and I told you, dude. You need to make sure about this because it's not an easy change, especially if you've been a hardcore <laughs> Apple user. Windows has a different mentality. Mm. So the so there's those customers that Apple that will that will try Windows but then fail. Then you also have mm. the same customer that I've had people buy Apple and completely hate the living crap out of it because they're so used to Windows. Oh, really? I've literally had people like they bought it a week later, they sold it mm. because they cannot. Like, yes, it's quick and so forth, but it's just, and for me, I, I, use I both. want I use I, both. the main complaints come in, like, especially in corporate environments and even to some extent schools yeah. where they want to install stuff. I want to yeah. install this. Oh, no, it doesn't work mm. on Apple. I want to install. Oh, no, this doesn't work there. Now, Apple is kind of 
digging themselves out of that previous hole. That was the case. Mm. Now that's changing a bit with owning your own marketplace. So now they can. Mm. It's easy for them to actually have other developers come to them and develop stuff on the on the actual basically ecosystem of Apple, and then it will now scale yes. fairly decently from going from from the actual phone to laptop to desktop. Mm. So that is one area where people was like, now I can probably see that probably a bit being a bit easier. Again, in Africa, it's a very status thing. Again, people would buy Apple mm-hmm. just because it's status, and they would not know how to use it at all. I can. They would come it's to not, us and say, not here. "I want to. Sh- it's not I here. want to I copy a. Uh, I want to copy a photo. A simple thing like I want to copy a photo from one place to another place. They can't even do that. Mm. They know to do it on Windows, but that basic thing of mm. oh, you can just click on the thing and like okay, there. But then basic other stuff. Some people can just not comprehend on Apple at all. They just, it doesn't mm. make sense mm. to They're them. very different. They're very different I platforms. Say, I, I like them both. I, I mean, that's, I I'm in them. the same position where yeah. I'm like, mm. I prefer Linux and Windows over Apple any day of the week. Apple for me just feels, okay. anything, especially I'm a bit more of an advanced user. Sure. Apple does not want you You're to very be advanced user. Mm. It wants you to do the basic things, do your Word, your Excel, then, that's it. Don't ask me about what's going in the background. Please. Well, actually, funnily enough, now I'd, I have to disagree with you there because if you if you're a power user on Mac, you you can fire up that shell and you can do stuff well, uh, in that shell that you can do on yeah, Linux. It's, um, yeah, that's now it's that's more good. leaning towards like mm. the traditional Linux. It's not as the, I know a lot of developers who use Mac yeah. because and guys have actually gone from Linux to Mac because yeah, it, uh, code they, compilation um, and all that they like the, stuff and so yeah, forth. There's, yeah. Again, yeah. Mac is based on Linux. It's mm-hmm. n- on Un- Unix. Well, it's, yeah. it's yeah. based on Linux. It's literally, it is literally a ripoff of Linux. It's the backend system that they use this literally from... It originally came from BSD. Yeah, no, but the modern iteration how we use now, even the yeah. ARM implementation is even ARM. Yeah. Android is Linux based. Mm. They all... Yeah, of course. It's all, it's the all, Godfather is it there. all has its origins in exactly. Unix. Exactly. So, I yeah, tell people the yeah, base is there. Yeah. So, a lot of programming is there. But mm. I tell people, it's like, it's simple. Mm. Like, in Windows, you've got the task manager. I can open the task manager mm-hmm. and I can delete the task and it will end the task immediately. You don't do that. Again, Apple goes, you don't need to do that, which is fair point. You don't need to do that on Apple because generally it works. It, the app doesn't just. You can't do it. You, you can't can do, do it. it, but it's not as simplistic for my point of view. Where most people go, okay. open, you can open Task Manager, it's an easy thing to view, and there you go. It's easier to go yeah. into registries if you need to go fix something in Windows. Even Linux sucks there. Like you could see the videos when Linus and so forth, and uh, I think Linus and what's the mate yet that does phone plane and so forth, they did the whole, we're going to do a month for Linux gaming and so forth, and the horrible experiences they had there. Terrible stuff, like freaking Linus somehow managed to delete the operating system. Doing it through through command prompt, <laughs> you see, it's stupid stuff yeah. like that. Oh, that's, very, that's very easy. Exactly. To do, yeah. So I thought yeah, it was yeah. like, that's now what you get. This with even with Mac is also now having that bell curve where it goes. It's mm. easy to use. There's no middle ground, and then super complicated. So that's why you'll mm. get the programmers mm. using it because they know how to do. They know what they're doing. So they advanced users, super advanced users. They're not advanced users. They are on a different tier. Super advanced. I'm a more of advanced user and so forth. That's trying to dick around and do stupid stuff and so forth. 
and then mm. like Windows, you used to rec edit and you can just go delete it and certain things if the game doesn't work and so forth. You can't do that on Mac. Mm. They don't give you that ability because the yeah. Mac is, assumes the thing works, which is a good assumption to have, but also a bad one because sometimes it breaks. And especially if you make the your operating system more and more complex as it gets older, that's the problem with Windows because it's such an old operating system that's been based on so many different iterations. And again, it makes it easier to develop on Windows PC as well. But again, Apple now mm. has improved that. But I tell people, how many accounting packages work on Mac now compared to previously four or five years ago? Can You, you can now get QuickBooks on Apple, but it's not well optimized, yeah. not nearly as good as the mm. Windows version. So I thought we would look at basic stuff. It's most 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 accounting is uh, cloud based yeah. anyway. <laughs> to a sense, again, we deal with a lot of companies with small that are not. They're still using mm. QuickBooks from two thousand and seven and Pastel <laughs> from two thousand and five. So a lot of the small businesses and so forth don't have necessarily the money to pay running for that. around with floppy disks. Well, <laughs> they li- I'm not joking. You, I I have had people come in here with still with the old accounting stuff on stiffies. And floppies, like yeah, on proper yeah. 5.5. Yeah. And so it's, Sneaking is it. this the thing you were looking for? I'm like, I can't even plug this into your new laptop. You, you just put it. <laughs> I, can, I can, maybe if it's a stiffy, oh, I can, no I've got USB to stiffy, but floppies, how the fuck am I from? <laughs> so that's now the thing. It's like, the, Next thing they'll ask if I can install Windows 3.1. I'm not um, joking you. Some of them literally have to get on track. It. Yeah. So I thought people, we that's, we are that's getting, where Apple's... We are getting way so off track. Now, that's, now, that's, that's where <laughs> one area where Apple is now advantage for Apple and a disadvantage. So yeah. getting newer versions, newer clients to Apple, if they are from mm. that time period, mm. is difficult. The newer generation, I presume, will be much more easier to accept into the new Apple ecosystem. It is. Mm. But I think Apple's going to start hitting more walls now with EU regulations. Mm. You already see the Europeans are going after Apple now. Hardcore. With the store, all that stuff with the charges. So Apple Apple now has a big target on its head. And that will make their lives a bit more difficult. Will they improve themselves? I hope so. But yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting one to see how Apple's gonna play this being this giant and and people know they've abused their power. How are governments gonna go and say, sweet, okay. Do it this way, do it that way. Mm. How are they going to get it to do that? Ah, interesting stuff there, you say. For sure, for sure. I think we're going to have to wrap quite soon because we are uh, an hour and a half into yes. the podcast. But um, uh, there is something on, on the show notes which uh, I wanted to get to, which you, you've, you've typed here. Um, something to do with security and the, and the uh, new Oh, Apple yes, this just broke like that, literally yeah. like, I think it was like five days ago or something like that. Where basically, because you're now a hardware vendor, you, may, you are now in the same leagues yeah. as Apple, uh, as Intel and AMD. That will also mean you're going to make the same mess-ups. And this one is quite of a big one. Now, I don't know how you pronounce that exactly, but it's Hungary or something like that, where this is quite a bad... Augury. Yeah. So this vulnerability is quite a bad one because, as I now told you before, because in Apple has now more access to the memory and so forth. Right. This vulnerability gives them the ability to actually poison that whole memory access and you can see what's going in that whole memory access. So when it now gets ready to like preload that memory, that preloaded memory 
you can access that memory and see whatever is in there raw. Mm-hmm. So if you've got passwords or Wi-Fi encryption passwords in there or anything that's in there, if you open Chrome and your passwords load up and your history of password to autocomplete, that data they can steal. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Focus. It's out of focus. Focus. <laughs> I'm the blurry man. What the hell? It should, it should be focused automatically. So it's getting better. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that that's my – we've not mm. seen it being used. So this is only a – I think it was a university or something that's now shown that this is happened. And it's very sim- – it has similarities to a Intel's Spectre and Meltdown vulnerabilities, which, again, both ARM, AMD, and Intel were had vulnerabilities to that. The intensity differences. Yes, yes. Intel was probably the worst. Because again, with them, luckily, it was only on what the chip could pre-predict. So the amount of memory there it could steal from was very small. This is way worse. This is mm-hmm. this is actually one like like whoa. This is my problem is if they do the easy fix, the easy fix will require them to like completely redo this, and it means it will take more cycle time, which means you will lose at least if all goes well, they maybe lose seven percent. If it went like Intel, you lose 30% of your performance. If they fix it, depending on how they do, because they can also do the Intel thing where they go, you can do the fix if you want to, you lose 30% or you don't do the fix and good luck. Lose all your data. <laughs> because I know the server guys, that's a whole story on its own for Spectrum Outland because that like completely, mm. Intel also lost a lot of love there, how they handled that whole situation. But this is now, Apple needs to be really careful how they handle this one. Because this will actually show them, again, luckily they're not Intel's position where they sell to a bunch of people on server and so forth. But if Apple wants mm. to go into the server market, which there's a possibility of that, this type of stuff you need to be really careful with. <laughs> and again, I can't expect them not to make mistakes like this. It's going to happen, especially if it's yeah. a new architecture. Yeah. Stuff ups are going to happen like this. It's how you respond to this. So I'm really curious to see how Apple responds to this. Are they going to lose performance? Are they going to say, oh, no, you have to download the new version of the operating system? Because Apple has a very tendency, nasty tendency to do this, where they like, you have to download the latest operating system, and then the old operating system gets forgotten. And then, like we have now, yeah. I tell people how ironic this is. We have more people with old Macs coming with virus issues than Windows users. Really? Bad. I told people bad. I've got more people coming with Macs with viruses than Windows PCs. Like, I maybe get maybe one or two Windows PCs a month now that's infected. But it's always like stupid, like a browser hijacker or something like that. This is like, poor Jeremy. Mm. Like, no, your, your machine is so bad with Mac. It's so infected. We have to back up your data and wipe and reload. It's turfed. And this is like on high Sahara type of stuff. This is not even too old, but it is only on the old operating system. The new ones are a bit better, but Mm. we'll see. I've not had anybody coming with virus issues with the newer Macs and so forth. That will probably going to happen. Again, Mm. Mac users, the assumption is they are richer, so therefore it's easier easier to target them because they've got more money going around and so forth. But Mm. I'm actually quite shocked how badly it's getting for Mac, especially on the older Macs where there is nothing from Mac. Apple's just completely like, this is your own problem. And I must say, I'm actually amazed how infected they get. Like, oh, you now need to. So these are on Macs that, on Macs that won't upgrade yeah, to the no. latest version. Uh, this is Mac all OS. old stuff. We're talking 2011, 2013, oh, right. and so forth, backwards and so forth. So it's all the units. 
And I probably put Linux on those machines. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is... Or yeah, Windows. Yeah, again, Apple doesn't make that really easy. But yeah, that's the the, the problem is no, that those are clients that want Mac because they still use Mac and they're used to Mac and now you like Fair you enough. have to buy a new Mac. I'm Fair like, uh, I don't have like 35 grand to spend on a new Mac. I'm like, and clearly Apple... Uh, Apple model. clearly Pitching. is not in for you then. <laughs> Unfortunately. They're not. So They're not. We know that's them. unfortunately Mac is a tale of two. You either can or can't. <laughs> so that's the augury, A-U-G-U-R-Y, D, DMP vulnerability, if you want to read more about that. Fascinating. Uh, according to this article here on Tom's Hardware, Apple has not said anything Yeah, no, yet. we're still waiting. Um, Again, they still need to figure out what they're going to do because I think there's like red lights in the room, whap, 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 running around. Everybody's like, it's on fire. Holy crap. <laughs> this is basically what happened to Intel and AMD and ARM as well. Holy crap. Oh, no. <laughs> this is not good <laughs> because this is, the problem is it's, it's not an easy fix because it's hardware. The, the hardware mm. is designed to do that. You have now mm. somehow twisted its arm to do something mischievous that they didn't think about when they designed it. Mm. So I'm like, Oof, and, uh, that has to hurt. I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm going to be, in, it will be interesting to see if there's a nice fix that they can get, which would be nice. It mm. would be kind of funny if it isn't. And then they're in the same position as Intel. And then you literally just, you tell yeah. Intel all oh, the vulnerabilities, because I know Apple had a big thing with all oh, vulnerabilities and all And then you do the same thing. I'm like, oh, mm. good doof. You know? Of course, by the time, by the time this podcast comes out in about six weeks, uh, we there will probably be further news. Oh, yes. In fact, this podcast is going to come out post uh, post WWDC um, because the first episode of the podcast is going to be launching mid May. So uh, we're looking at late June for this episode to come out. So the world might have changed yes. by then. So forgive us if uh, we're talking about old stuff uh, to you by the time this comes out. But such is the nature of the beast. I want to ask you one final question before we call it a wrap on this episode and on the season of Everything PC. And that's whether Apple, you think at some point in the future, is going to build its own fabrication plants. Do you think that would make no. sense? Yep. No. Now, TSMC, unless something really big happens or something like that, let me put it like this. Mm. Apple's more likely to get stuff made by Intel than making their own fabs. Making your own fabs is on a whole whole new level. I feel (laughs) that that, that level of complexity is just way... If they would have done that, they would have probably bought their own like Foxconn and started making their own phones. Completely, mm. and they won't. It's yeah. just, just not economically yeah. viable. This doesn't it's, make sense. It's way yeah. too difficult, yeah, and the amount of money you need to spend, and ah, uh-uh. I, I don't think, no, uh, no, nah, nah, not for Apple. That's not an Apple thing. All right. Okay. Great. Well, that, that's a wrap on season one of Everything PC. We hope you've enjoyed these uh, six episodes. Uh, we've had a great deal of fun making them. Uh, we're going to take a break now and uh, feed them, feed out the show into the market over the next six weeks or so uh, and uh, hopefully get some feedback from you, our viewers and listeners, uh, as to what you think, uh, what we, where we could improve, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear from us on season two. I'm hoping to get some guests on, on season two mm. as well. Um, uh, so it'd be nice to uh, to have some experts maybe from some of the vendors. Yeah. Um, perhaps we could get some okay. of the technical experts on. Uh, I, th- I think we're definitely going to have to do a show on Linux. 
uh, in season two. I think we'll probably look at Windows and Mac OS as well. Um, there's a lot oh, to talk yes. about as you've <laughs> picked up during the, this discussion today. But I'd love to do one specifically on Linux because it's something I I play around with. I'm no expert, but I love to, I love to install different dist- distros on on all laptops when I, in fact, my Dell XPS is currently running Ubuntu, um, and I, I do like to, uh, to 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 fiddle around. So let's do let's do a chat yeah. about Linux and how that that's come along over the years. Uh, I think that'd be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, we we haven't done pl- any planning for season two yet. So uh, let us know what you think we should be doing. We're probably going to sit down recording after this uh, current season has has fully aired out. So we're probably looking at around mid to late winter to get season two uh, on the boil. Uh, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. I still haven't created that email address, but it will be ready for season two. In the interim, Gerard is uh, on Gerard P. That's G-E-R-H-A-R-D-P uh, for Pretorius, mm-hmm. obviously, at computersonly.co.za, computersonly.co.za. It's the uh, company he works for, and he uh, builds great PCs. If uh, you want to get hold of him, I'm sure he'd be very happy to chat to you about uh, building a 200,000 Rand monster, really? a gaming monster. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure those are the best builds to do. Oh, right, yes. You know? no, they always bring um, a yeah. couple of quarter cards and three <laughs> rupee. Nah, they're always pretty beautiful. And uh, mail me as well, duncan at techcentral.co.za. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. We are looking for a sponsor for season two as well. So uh, if you uh, if you are uh, working, if you work for one of the vendors in the industry and you think this uh, would be a good match for you, do reach out to us. You can drop me a line and I'll put you in contact with our advertising sales team who will put together a package. We have some ideas about how we could work with sponsors. So do get in touch. Um, I think this is a, a, a niche but very um, dedicated audience that we're appealing to here with this show. And uh, and they do spend the money on, uh, as we know, on uh, high-end hardware. So uh, good good opportunity for a vendor to come in and and uh, uh, and partner with us uh, going forward from season two. So we look forward to that. Do mail us if you're keen. And I think uh, Gerard, that uh, unless you have anything else, I think uh, we're going to call it call it quits on uh, season one. We've got about ten hours of content there. Hope you've enjoyed it. And until we meet again in a few months, take care and of course happy computing. <laughs>